0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 168 of the Good Neighbor Podcast, and today we are visiting Brown Academy. We have Franny Cerniglia, she's the director, and Eric Lapori, the owner. Franny and Eric, how are you doing?
1: We're great. Thanks for having us today. We're excited to be here.
0: Well, we're thrilled to have you both, and there's quite a history here. Let's, let's start with... Brown Academy though first, tell us about Brown Academy. Well, Brown Academy is a
1: full-service early childhood education center, which basically means that we couple quality early childhood programming from a developmentally appropriate perspective, and we couple that with quality early childhood childcare. What I found in the community when I first moved here back in 2006 is I found a lot of daycare centers that offered a clean, safe environment uh, where childcare was provided. And I found some really wonderful early childhood programs where they had schooling, but I had a really challenging time finding a school for my then two-year-old where she could go and have an early childhood education from a developmentally appropriate perspective with, at the same time, a wraparound care because I was a full-time working mother, so I needed both. And not being able to find that in the area, I actually was the original owner and the, um, the builder of Brown Academy. So I owned it for the first 10 years, and then a couple of years ago, uh, I had some things changing in my personal life, and that was when Eric Lepori uh, purchased Brown Academy from uh, my family, and I'm really excited to be back as the director and having this opportunity to uh, come home, if you will.
0: So for any, from a mis-standpoint, what comes to mind that you can maybe dispel for our listeners?
1: Well, I, I think one of the biggest myths that people get caught up with is the fact that all daycares are the same. And, you know, daycares, child care centers, early childhood education centers, preschools, they sound like they're just all acronyms for one another, but they're really not. Um, they're, they're very different uh, in design, uh, as well as when parents are coming and looking for a program. They really want to take into consideration what is a priority for, for them and for their child. And sometimes it's the number of hours uh, that the child um, may need care. Sometimes they're just looking for their child to have uh, the ability to socialize and to inter, uh, you know, to intermingle with different children of the same age. Maybe they don't have that opportunity um, in their home in their home life. So the one myth that I always like to dispel is that not all early childhood programs are created equal. Um, that's one myth. Another big myth that I encounter is that, you know, children will be fine. They don't really need to go to early childhood programs. They don't need to go to preschool. Um, they'll eventually all learn anyway. Now, I've been in uh, education for 31 years, and I can attest to firsthand, um, having taught between preschool all the way through elementary school, that not all children um will learn things just through osmosis, just through merely existing in a classroom or in a space. Um, There are things that actually need to be instructed and and learned, whether it's in a classroom or a homeschool environment, Uh, but there needs to be instruction for that to happen. It's become more critical, I believe, in this current generation for children to go to an early childhood program um, than maybe when I was growing up, because as children arrive in kindergarten, there's so much more that's being expected of them. And so uh, it's more than just learning their alphabet and being able to count to 10 and recognizing their name and tying their shoes. Um, Those are certainly things that many parents can teach their child at home. It's really more about problem solving. It's really more about um, having the experience of how to interact with one another, Um, being able to encounter a problem with another person in their class and being able to solve that problem and how to get along with one another, how to navigate uh, a classroom and navigate um, the social interactions of their peers. Emotional stability is a big piece of early childhood education. Having taught first grade for the last two years um, after stepping away from owning Brown Academy, I can tell you, even in a first grade classroom, after children had already been in school for a whole year of kindergarten, I could still tell in first grade which children had not gone to preschool because they were still needing a lot of one-on-one attention you could see that they were used to their parents constantly being there to you know help navigate An activity at home, whether it was, you know, clearing a dish from a dinner table, they are still looking for that one on one. Am I doing it right? Needing that reassurance Um, wanting one on one instruction after I just gave instructions to the whole class. So all the way up through even two years after preschool age you can often see the difference between a child that's been in um, a quality early childhood program versus a child who stayed home and had more of that one-on-one attention from families. Um, And it's critical. It really does give them a leg up. It gives them that opportunity, not only from an academic standpoint, but more importantly, from a social and emotional standpoint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Use that word critical. I mean, my goodness, uh, you start in first grade and if you're behind the eight ball, it's really hard to catch up and it just seems the gap widens and widens as the grades go on, right?
1: Absolutely. And I, I think the, the, the most important part is that when children come in with that confidence... They're, they're become more risk takers. And, and we often um, think about a risk taker as somebody's, you know, not afraid to jump from the top of the jungle gym or, uh, you know, somebody who's not afraid to, you know, jump into the game in, in PE class. But when I think of a risk taker, I'm really looking at which children are willing to raise their hand and answer a question when they might not necessarily 100% know the answer, um, you know, and not being worried about being embarrassed or making a mistake. And we, we can see that as early as age two and three, a, a child that might need that extra encouragement. And if we can conquer those fears and encourage the risk-taking and, and embrace the fact that when I'm wrong, I'm, I'm still learning, um, before they go off to formal education in the elementary uh, grade levels, it makes a huge difference. So when you have a first grader that's willing to risk, you know, raising their hand, answer questions, um, they wanna be the first one to come to the board and try uh, a, a math problem, You're going to have a child that's going to be a lifelong learner as opposed to the child that's sitting there thinking, oh, I'm not going to the board. Oh, I don't want to raise my hand. I don't want to make a mistake, uh, especially if a child has um, a propensity for, you know, to be a perfectionist. Uh, And that's Mm. where early childhood education comes in um, in support of that future education journey.
0: Wow. Wow. Very, very insightful. You are you can tell how passionate you are about kids and learning and teaching Wow.
1: I think, I think passion is probably a word that most people that know me would, would use to describe me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I notice you guys uh, also do some uh, swimming lessons on uh, your campus. Is that, I, I love that.
1: Absolutely. When, um, when we first built Brand Academy, uh, it was extremely important to me to ensure that children can become water safe. Yeah. It still is one of the number one causes of death of children under age five continues uh, to be a problem and living in the state of Florida with bodies of water all around us from community lakes to, you know, neighborhood swimming pools to the ocean, the river. Um, we wanted to make sure that we could offer an opportunity for parents, uh, especially parents who are working parents. It's very challenging when you're a working family and you can't pick up your child at six o'clock and then, you know, <laughs> Your four-year-old at that point needs dinner, a bath, and bed. Um, And, you know, weekends become packed full with activities. So by having the pool right on our campus, uh, it affords us the opportunity for families to either, A, come and do swimming lessons on their own, uh, or during our summer camp program, we have no additional charge for swimming. It's included in the children's camp price. They go in the pool, depending on their age, anywhere from two to three times a week to five days a week. Which really increases their ability to become water safe, um, if not, you know, fully, fully swimming. We have children already doing. Um, we just had our water uh, swim Olympics this past week at the end of summer camp to uh, show our families what the children have been working on and learning. We had children in the pool as young as um, six years old doing the butterfly, um, which is pretty impressive. But wow,
0: uh, yeah, yeah we had our I'm still trying children. to. Work. Get yeah. that stroke down myself. <laughs> we even
1: had 18 month olds in the pool being able to swim to the side of the wall. They can jump in and flip over onto their back so they can you know, breathe and float while somebody would be able to get to them in an emergency situation.
0: Hmm. Wow, that is super. Sheesh. So what are you doing when you're not uh, in the business? work. <laughs>
1: I don't think when you're in early childhood education that you ever really stop working. Uh, no matter what the current trends are, um, I enjoy reading about them, always looking for what else we can provide for our families. Uh, Brown Academy is really not um, a child, uh, not just a child center, but we really consider ourselves a full family center. Um, even in our pool, we have adults taking swim lessons. Uh, adults will come in the, um, because our pool is what is called a sports pool. Means that uh, on both ends it's only three feet deep, and in the middle it's five feet deep. So when you get an adult that has not learned how to swim, obviously usually there's a great deal of fear. But the idea of knowing that they can stand up makes them feel much more comfortable. We also uh, provide for um, older children uh, when families um, when we have out of school programs, for example, during holidays we can accommodate those older children. So I'm always looking to see what are what are, what is the current family needs? How can we best accommodate them? How can we make the family's life easier so that when their children are not here or not in school, um, they have some things, uh, less things that they need to worry about or think about and can focus just on their family time together?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So work, fun, one in the same. One in the same. Love teaching and helping kids. Yeah. And I actually live
1: in the community and a lot of a lot of times people say to me, oh, don't you hate living where you work? And I said, no, I love it. I, I love going into local uh, restaurants in the area and seeing families that know me. It's it's like being a little bit of a of a celebrity in the area, to yeah. be honest with you. And yeah. um, there's nothing like a, a child running over and recognizing you and giving you a big hug to know that, you know, oh, you've yeah. made an impact on their life and their family's lives. That's so pretty cool. Wow.
0: Oh, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. So, for any uh, hardship, uh, could be personal, could be business, uh, something you've been through uh, in the past that you've gotten to the other side. You look back and say, "Hey, it wasn't any fun, but I'm better for it. I'm stronger." What comes to mind?
1: Well, you know, I I have to. I think there's two things that that jump right to mind when we first moved to Fort Myers um, and we decided to build Brand Academy. uh, We worked really hard to get it all ready, and then we opened in July of 2008, which As soon as you hear the year 2008, it's kind of like now 2020 only trumps 2008. (laughs) But um, I I think opening uh, a business of this magnitude at a time when the economy was literally, you know, falling, the bottom was falling out of the economy uh, was it was it was pretty daunting. Mm. And um, I will say that being in a community like Gateway made all the difference. Uh, our families really embraced us, and it was a lot of hard work. Um, I find one of the one of the biggest challenges is always finding quality uh, quality professionals to work in the area. Um, and during 2008, in particular, that was a challenge. And now the latest and greatest is COVID, as we all know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that often, uh, right now, families are. It, it, there's so much unknown with this virus and it's intimidating and it's overwhelming And really in that spare time like we mentioned earlier, it's my job uh, to really go out and find out and dig up the answers as to you know what is really going on and what research is available And although there's not a lot of research, there certainly is some and I, I think it's critical that families you know recognize, that there are some studies out there and what's going on in in with early childhood is that most of these children are not um, affected by this virus, thank goodness. Um, and I think that's a, a huge plus, but how can we best meet the needs of the families and make them feel safe and secure, especially if staying home is not an option. Um, and to be honest with you, I think the children need it. I think not being in, in school right now, um, will do more harm than good, unless a child is a high-risk child or there's specific medical issues. My own daughter is going off to, um, back off to high school in a few weeks and uh, she needs to be there. It's it, This is part of what is going to make her successful down the road and um, I think the rigor of a curriculum in school is totally different than what I saw online. Having taught first grade online from March until May, I can tell you what the children would have gotten in my classroom was completely, um, would have been completely a different ball, you know, ball of wax than what they actually got. And although we did our best and we provided, uh, you know, a quality program where I was teaching at the time, I can say those children didn't get half of what they would have gotten if they were in my classroom. So I think those are two big hurdles. And although we overcame the one in 2008, we're still working on the one now in 2020. Um, But I think families just need to kind of Relax a little bit if they can and, and just take in all the facts, you know, look at the data. And um, and I think that we need to go beyond what's being published on the news broadcast like the one you're providing uh, that, you know, offer people an opportunity to look beyond just, you know, the hype of, you know, I often look at it like the hype of a storm coming, you know. No. Um, and sometimes we get overwhelmed with just, you know, what what sells news as opposed to what the facts are.
0: Bingo. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on those news agencies to, you know, top ratings and fill the space, whether it's, you know, digital space or airtime. And, um, yeah, he or she who comes up with the best sound bite uh, wins. And it's unfortunately that positive stuff isn't as juicy, I guess, as the uh, negative. Unfortunately,
1: right? that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so. How about uh, if there was one thing you wish our listeners knew about the company there, what would that be?
1: That we really put their children first. Sometimes families come to us and uh, the parents have a certain desire. And I always respect parents and uh, what they want for their children because it's been my experience that uh, parents, what, what's best for their children? But I think sometimes they get caught up in their own perspective and they don't recognize that as early childhood educators and experts in the industry that we often will have you know, inside information as to something that might be a better alternative for their child. For example, maybe uh, whether a child needs to be pushed ahead. We have a cutoff in the state of Florida of September 1st for children going into elementary school. So using that cutoff, often parents like my own daughter whose birthday is September 6th, often we're looking for us to, you know, maybe push them ahead into kindergarten a few, you know, a few weeks or a month earlier uh, than the cutoff provides for. So I, I think the, the the important thing about our business and what I would want people to know about Brown Academy is we're going to look at what's in the best interest of their child first and foremost. Um, and then we're going to sit with the parents and we're going to make sure that we're all on the same page when we're making decisions. Education, especially early childhood education is not a one size fits all. Really every single individual is um, has different needs and the best way to treat them equally is to treat them different based on what their needs are. Um, And I think that's really what makes us um, separate and different from the other um, childcare centers and uh, daycares in the area. We really are more of an early childhood education center and we focus on that um, and the whole family. You're awesome. Well, thanks. (laughs) And I know our
0: listeners are, are thinking the same thing and they probably want to learn more. So where should we send them?
1: Well, we'd love for them to uh, give us a call right now um, because of um, us really doing our best to take in consideration the safety and the health of the building and everybody that enters. We prefer first an initial phone call. We can definitely still set up a live tour. We make that available and we limit the number of people that come through the building each day. But if they can give us a call at 239-332-1900, Again, three three two one nine zero zero. Tell them to give us a call. Ask for Franny or Eric, and we'd love to uh, chat with them on the phone, answer any questions they might have, and then um, get them in to see the program and uh, see what we can do to uh, be a match for their child and their family.
0: Franny, has been a delight, and uh, boy, if my kids were young, I think I'd move the gateway and uh, send them over your way for the day, each and every day. And uh, I know they'd be in great, great hands, and I know the staff. Uh, uh, because you're in charge there are uh, much the same. So uh, thank you for being here. Good-
1: I would like to just also mention um, yeah. a couple of things I neglected to say. And I, um, we also have a full Spanish immersion program. So families that are looking for their children to have the opportunity to develop uh, multiple languages. We do offer, um, this is specifically de- designed for families whose children are not bilingual. It's a great program. We also have a full gymnasium a media center and a music program, as well as a number of enrichment activities. So when I say we're a full service preschool, it's not just early childhood education, but like you mentioned, the swimming pool, we have a lot of other options too. So um, for families that are looking not necessarily just for they're thinking childcare, we offer a lot of other opportunities for their children to get involved and uh, to socialize and um, take part in different
0: activities. Wow. Well, I'm ready to enroll. Do you take adults?
1: In the swimming pool we do Charlie.
0: I need to work on that that butterfly. There
1: you go, come on over. We'll help you out with that, okay?
0: Oh, Franny, really appreciate it. Best of luck to you guys.
1: Thanks. And thanks for the opportunity to talk to you and your listeners today. Have a great sure. rest of your day.